This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Take them ropes. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino here to take you through the week of wrestling, mostly WWE, but we may make a couple of pit stops all around the way. This week we have two sponsors we'd like to thank early. We'll hear more about them later. Zip Recruiter and Roman. Chris, of all the pressing questions this week, I think the one that is on both of our minds, the heaviest, what is up with Jack Gallagher's tattoos? I mean, I think the better question here is, what makes a man do such a thing? I <laughs> I look at it kind of like the TJ Perkins thing where he got a bunch of tattoos without permission trying to get fired because this kind of ruins the gentleman Jack Gallagher character in some ways. I think he wants to do kind of a gruff Pit fighter portsman. Yeah, thing. like a guy mm. who works on a port, you know, uh a longshoreman. Longshoreman. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Okay. Yeah, something like that. That's what I think we're trying to do here. The the chest piece is a, a bold choice, a strong choice, one might say. I just, I hate, I'm like, oh, guys. The arm got... piece is good. The chest piece is bold. I am mostly against tattoos. I, I, I'm just the guy that thinks it's, I, I'm that guy that goes sailors and bikers. That's what. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm thinking maybe who's who's the guy that I'm trying to think of? It? Ridge Holland, kind of going for that kind of gimmick a little bit too. Maybe where it's like almost like Eastern Promises, where where it's like you're you're dressed like a gentleman and then you take it off and then you're tatted up, you know, but you can't see it underneath the clothing and things like that. I I don't know. I just I looked at that. And I went. Uh, that's a I think you put it right it's a bold choice I don't know if it's a good choice but it is a bold choice yeah yes yes indeed so we have gotten through Saudi Arabia if you haven't watched it you don't really need to um the one really strong match on there was the Smackdown tag titles match between the Miz and Morrison against the New Day they promptly turn around they beat Miz and Morrison on Friday uh, to help set up, I think every team is beating them going into the elimination chamber because there's going to be a tag team chamber match. And that's what you do with a heel tag team champion. Oh, yeah, because you don't want them to be strong ever. Uh, <laughs> Goldberg is now your... It's it's the universal champion that he has, right? Or is it the, the WWE blue belt? He's a blue the champion. Blue belt, He's whatever, the blue champion. Whatever. The SmackDown, the, the, whatever belts on SmackDown. I can't remember. Anymore. I think it's the universal one. I do too. I think it's the universal title beating the fiend who is going to be ported over to John Cena. My goodness. Rather- People were very, very upset about The Fiend being beaten, and it wasn't just okay. online. It was like I was watching SmackDown, yes. and people were booing the hell out of it in the house, too, because I, I, at first I thought it was more of an online-y kind of controversy. But then I saw that, no, the TV people, the, the audience, real-life people, they were upset about it. 
I don't get it, Jeff. Let okay. Let me. Yeah. What is your take? Because I I'm one of those people who I'm kind of I see their point. So what is what is your take on was this fiend character over, or was it getting over? Or was it popular enough where you shouldn't have beaten the character going into Mania? I think that people are, especially if you're younger. It's like you're watching a cartoon with the fiend in it, right? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Here comes Spider-Man in your Power Rangers cartoon with Goldberg. And Goldberg is the one who beats the Fiend. I think I think reintroducing the legacy talent to beat the Fiend when the Fiend was telling a very specific story, it, it just it doesn't make sense with everything that people have been along with for the last six months. All the Bray Wyatt skits, all the Firefly Funhouses and stuff. Here comes Goldberg, and he's just, like, breaking down the entire set. Yeah, that the Boston crowd okay boomered Goldberg. I mean, <laughs> I was shocked by that. I knew that they were probably going to boo Roman. I did not expect them to be that ambivalent towards Goldberg. Ambivalent, uh, trending negative, though. Uh, it was very, oh, very, very negative. Yeah, yeah, right. I was interested in, like, Bill Simmons from... Um, well, wait a second. What is your take on why the crowd has... I, I'm, work, I'm working into that. Okay. I, I'm really trying to figure it out, to be honest. Okay, with all right, all right. I, I, I just, if you're getting a little bit of a running start, that's fine. I just want... Because like, I think there's more to discuss here. It's it's very interesting. Bill, Bill, Bill Simmons was under the impression that, that he was over and that this was a big mistake on WWE's part. Um, it's so weird because there were points where he obviously wasn't, right? Like, the crowd did not get the first time... Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt came out and defended the title as Mr. Rogers. Like they were, they didn't understand where they were going with that. We're not into it. Did not buy into that match, but like they like the fiend character as a merchandise seller. He makes money because if you go into, if you go to a live event, a lot of the merch is fiend merchandise. If, if you're judging him as being over from the Jeff Hawkins traditional sense, I'm going to say no, because the whole point of his character was to be frightening, and he wasn't to, to that respect. They've really ruined him on that first Hell in a Cell with the giant mallet, and, and since then, he's kind of been this... Is he enjoyable and entertaining? Yes, but I think people liked him in an ironic way with the Firefly Funhouse more than what they were more than the story they were telling, which was a man of two personalities. No, I and, agree. It's like a weird kind of other side of the coin of the Finn Balor story, right? Yeah. And and the problem is they don't make they can't do the violence justice to make something like the fiend really work. And I'm not saying it's because of PG. I'm saying it's because they don't do what, as Vince likes to call it, the blood and guts wrestling. Like a guy like Bray Wyatt in this in this incarnation, if he was doing, you know, Jason from FMW slash Abdullah the Butcher slash, you know, the Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen types of walking through the crowd and causing sheer panic. And then the matches would be like these brawls that go all over the arena and people have to get out of their way lest they be trampled. Yes, that character would work. And this character would be huge over him, huge money. I think there's also 
a sliver of this audience that feels cheated because they've invested all this time. They thought it was going to be a special undertaker like character that could last for 30 some it's like odd years. favorite TV show getting canceled. Yeah. It, they thought this character was going to last for 30 years as a presence or something like that. And I think they think that this Goldberg win in Saudi Arabia on a show that you know, maybe an eighth of the WWE audience saw is going to ruin the character when I just don't think they had it at the, I, I think it's one of those expectations exceeded the reality of what they were going to do with the character. No, I, I agree. There, there, there was clearly a miss with the character development, but what you just described there at the end, that is being a fan. People yeah. are invested in it. Uh, there is this show, want- what it reminds me of, there's this show called Firefly. Remember Firefly? Mm-hmm. Very, it was. Yes. It's. I wouldn't say it's very popular, but there's a niche audience that really, really likes Firefly. And if you ever meet someone who's a fan of Firefly, they're like, "Oh my oh, god, I can't believe they yes. canceled Firefly." That is the kind of energy I'm getting off of this Bray Wyatt thing. It's it's the niche show um, that like people were really into, and it's been canceled and replaced with. Something very generic, which is like a a transient Goldberg run. It, it has three things going for it that fans of WWE especially like. He has a cool look. He has, um, he has entertaining stories, and I forgot the third one. <laughs> okay, he's got a good theme song, a good entrance. Cool theme song, yeah. good entrance. Yeah. That's what I was saying. And, and I yeah, think some of the promos are pretty good, too. Like, when Bray Wyatt's yeah. actually given material that is good material, he does it well. People want to be entertained. They want that larger-than-life thing, and they want they want something cool about it. And the, the Lantern and the remixed... Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the song. I used to know it tangled up in love or something like that. I forgot what it was, but, but they love that. It's a cool, everything about it's really, really cool. So they want to succeed. So they invest all this time and energy in it. And, you know, I I don't subscribe to the fan base that goes, he he's just a fat guy in a mask. I think there is something to this character that is awesome. I just don't think that the WWE people are the one to be able to execute it. it it'd be like uh, they're executing it kind of like the Dark Order. Yeah, and I would like how I would execute it is you'd take guys like Tyler Breeze and Rey Mysterio, and the Fiend would have feuds with those guys and really just kind of obliterate them on his way to the top. Like, the Rey Mysterio would be a bloody mess at the end of his match with The Fiend. Tyler Breeze would be a bloody match. I, you'd go after the pretty boys, though. I wouldn't even put him on a match on free television, ever. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd just have him be a presence, like, every other week or every three weeks. Yes, and and, and whatever, and he's bits. very, very dominant. Yeah, just have him be... And then yeah. and then he becomes, he becomes a must-see thing on every pay-per-view. That would be my strategy for this instead they what they fell in love with was the comedy of the firefly funhouse and the meta commentary and things like that and so it's like we have to figure out a way to get this on every week and it just becomes overkill after that I, I i would have gone with the less is more strategy here that said i think john cena's reaction to the fiend at the end of smackdown last night 
was the proper way to go as opposed uh, up until the salute the, the the or the not the tip of the cap that was dumb but the concern with the fiend is coming out here for me was a much better look than the nonchalance of Goldberg going, he's behind me, isn't he? Derp a derp a derp. I'm going to turn around and not even sell it. You know, at least Cena kind of sold it. Um, the, re- the rest of that Fiend Cena segment was horrible. <laughs> he comes, a Fiend comes out after, after the lights go out and he points at the WrestleMania sign. And Cena, looking concerned for a moment, just tips the cap, and then that that at that or whatever. It is. I'm just like, what in the hell is? I'm just like, oh god, I I don't know what's worse, that or the prospect of a Goldberg Roman Reigns match. When we've seen, we've seen Roman Reigns try and do these matches. When when, when that match with the Undertaker, I was there live for, was one of the biggest messes I've ever seen on a big time show. Goldberg could barely get Bray up for the jackhammer. Partly Bray, partly Goldberg. I just, I just don't think he has the strength he used to. And I don't think Roman's the guy who has, cause he's had upper body issues with his, uh, I think it was his labrum. Yeah. Before. Right. It was a labrum. You're right. You're absolutely right. So, so it's one of those things where it's like you have two guys having to do power moves on each other unless they're just going to spear each other to death. No, right. They, spear, spear, they just spear, headbutt each spear, other and spear. it's like a 10 count Superman punch. to get back spear, up. Yeah. Superman punch. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be really good. <laughs> but then again. Last man standing that- match. They spear each other. They headbutt. <laughs> it's a 10 count. Who can make it to their feet? Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites. Stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listing, so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day of their listing. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. My listeners and listeners of this podcast can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Look, I might be proven wrong on that. I, I, my cynicism might be wrong because Goldberg and, and Brock were fun two-minute matches as opposed to, say, Brock Ricochet, which was not a fun two-minute match. I couldn't believe that either. That's the other thing coming out of Saudi Arabia is Ricochet is a geek. More like Prince Huma. (laughs) I, I, because every time I watch Ricochet, I think of Dave Meltzer's commentary about how Ricochets can't miss gonna be a huge star in the wwe there's no way they can mess that up and i was just like the whole time i'm going he's they messed up evan Bourne. they messed up every every small guy who does flips especially when they have a subpar promo yeah and and the moment the moment you do have to do your athletic move into an rko you have about two weeks to figure out a way to reinvent yourself or else you're dead 
I mean, that's how it is. It, it's it's once where's Mustafa Ali these days? Cedric Alexander's over on main event, apparently happy with with having stability in his life in terms of a contract, but not exactly a huge star that we thought he'd be with those stupid raw angles and whatnot. I mean, it, it's 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 something where very few people survive once your big big acrobatic move gets turned into an RKO, then you got to figure out something. That is the jumping the shark moment for any (laughs) small guy's career in WWE. You're dead on the second you Uh, get fed to the RKO. It's a wood chipper, (laughs) man. It's a wood chipper. That's why every time I see one of these guys on NXT, I go, okay, how's he going into the RKO? (laughs) How do we put the red arrow into the RKO? Uh, Speaking of old guys, The Undertaker made his uh, reappearance at Saudi Arabia as well, uh, inserting himself into the gauntlet match for uh, (laughs) for the symbolic trophy that they're offering this year. And uh, killing, killing the uh, OC, and then just smashing, choke slamming uh, AJ Styles and beating him, which begs the question: Why do we need to see this match at WrestleMania now? Is is AJ going to get his revenge? Probably not. But AJ is the kind of opponent who will give Undertaker a good match. Uh, if you were going to do this the right way, AJ Styles should have won the trophy screwing over The Undertaker with the help of the OC, and then this match at WrestleMania is The Undertaker getting revenge for AJ Styles winning that trophy. Yes, if, if you're going to be logical, but uh, stars are going to star. Sure. No, no. I, I mean, that's still a star prevails narrative. It's just it's weird. Yeah. It's weird to do this because to your point. How does AJ get the edge? Uh, they'll try to do it on TV, but it makes so much more sense to have the initial edge to the heel happen on a pay-per-view event. That was some weird booking of that gauntlet match, too, because R-Truth looked like a world beater for three matches. And I kind of want to say it's to help plug the 24 episode on uh, on on the network, which is fantastic, by the way. The documentary on R-Truth is fantastic. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna pull any punches or snark at all. It is it is a hell of a redemption story, and it involves Jackie Crockett. Um, so I I really enjoyed it. But he beats Andrade. He beats um not Rusev because Rusev <laughs> Rusev's having a contract issue. Uh, who is the other other people? Oh, I believe he beat Eric Rowan, and he be- beat uh Bobby Lashley. I'm just like our truth, getting this push. Yeah, beating and Eric then, Rowan I, I, in in canon is a pretty big deal because Rowan does not lose generally. Yeah, and then then uh, Ray Ray gets beat up backstage, so he flew all the way out to Saudi Arabia to get to put on his gear and get punked out, and also do meet and greets. Probably, you know what I mean. Like like he he didn't do. Yeah, I think that's probably where he got used more. Yeah. It's one of those things where they were really trolling the crowd with that. Uh, our boy Mansoor got another hometown discount. This time, uh, <laughs> this time, beating Dolph Ziggler in in a struggle, bit of a struggle match. But uh, Mansoor still has something that they like, and they're just gonna keep. They're just there's nothing wrong with hometown guys winning. It's just they do it, and then. They put him on the shelf for another six months without making him an actual star in the company. 
and these guys all get the main roster television in their country. And he only needs (laughs) to be a mid-card star in order to have the hometown hero pop. You know what I mean? Like, Bobby Eaton was able to get that hometown hero pop, even when he was like a mid-card guy in WCW. Some of that, of course, is goodwill and charity from his run in the Midnight Express. But there's countless other examples of wrestlers who can occupy that lower mid-card niche, but people know that he's from Atlanta, and everyone's excited that he's home in Atlanta this week. I believe it's Huntsville, Alabama, and I believe they did. Yeah. I believe they had his clash there. I'm going to look that up, but I want to see where where the Bobby Eaton flair match was. And I know that there's a anecdote of Steve Austin and Bobby Eaton where the, they were in Alabama and Eaton uh, was, you know, being worked down the card and Austin's being worked up the yeah. card at that point. Uh, but they had Eaton go over in that match because he was the hometown guy. And then they gave uh, Austin the win back the next week. Okay. That, then that might be what I'm thinking of then, but the Ric Flair, Bobby Eaton, title matches on on that clash is spectacular <laughs> everybody always like Bobby. i mean and that's one of the things that wwe doesn't do well and this is a weird weird segue but um it's kind of relevant because of the uh street profits to individual matches uh on raw this week is it was always one of those weird things where tag team wrestlers were always a team they'd never be singles and it was always the team can beat you, but their individual parts may not be as good. And when that happens that they're competitive, then it's kind of an event. And I think they kind of failed in doing that with the street profits this week because they just, you know, the Angelo Dawkins was gone in like 30 seconds, but at least the, uh, at least Montez Ford got some time, but he still lost as well. And you're just kind of like, why not let him beat Seth Rollins because you're doing the tag title match on Thursday? I, I that I didn't get either. I think you know, much like you were discussing the RKO for little guys, you're talking about other like indicators or harbingers of things to come. It's generally a bad sign in WWE land when tag teams get split up into the singles match because it signals that they're bored with the team and might want to explore one of the guys as a singles guy. Okay, let me let me do an informal poll, which is worse. Splitting up the team like that in singles matches or doing a two-on-one match against a superstar where the team loses? Ooh, ooh I, 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 I have my opinion, <laughs> but I need to not bias this poll. It's important. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Well, Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible. It's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab a phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship you medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions and want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So again, that's GetRoman.com VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. 
And we thank Roman for sponsoring all the podcasts on the Voices of Wrestling Network. <laughs> you needed that biases poll. This poll of one person being you. Oh, I thought you were asking the audience. You're doing a thing called no, no, audience. No, it's called no. audience engagement talk. It's it's, uh, it's a radio I, thing that I look, ha- I read about it on Reddit. Engage me or trolling me anyway. Yes, so well, that, yes, and I, I understand that. But Rob's the poll guy, not me. Well, you said informal poll, so I thought it was to the people. But if you're just asking me, um, mm-hmm. okay, then I'll just bias the poll. I'm gonna ruin the sample, Hawkins. I think it's Fine. gotta be. I'll take it. Whatever. It's the two-on-one. It's got to be the two-on-one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, news and notes from the main roster. Samoa Joe, 30-day suspension for failing the wellness policy. Shame, shame. You know your name, Joe. Uh, Yeah, as, as we always put with the caveat, this does not necessarily mean he failed for steroids. Also doesn't necessarily mean he failed. Um <laughs> recently they just put it in the jacket and they and they go on and and you know they their wellness policy is so weird and it's pointless if it's going to be this arbitrary arbitrary it, it that's makes the word. no See, sense to have it you help me with arbitrary i help you with longshoremen that's why we're, we're a good team we words. and we're all searching yeah. for words in our own way jeff i just you know, you look at the guys who are getting busted and you look at the guys who don't get busted and you just go, this is a joke. This is a clown show. These are always like these corporate messages for the most part. Probably, probably somebody thinks Joe looks too fat or something like that. I mean, just something ridiculous. Or he took cold medicine before a piss test or something like that. Or maybe I mean, he just anything. popped off in a meeting and they're like, oh, hey, wellness violation. No, you know, it, it's, it's Samoa Joe's black tar heroin empire that's just... <laughs> Spanning the no. old heroin Joe. That's that's old how they know him. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm disappointed in that because I'm you know I, I'm a little how, how should I put this? I'm a little fatigued at the <laughs> welcome back Jeff Hardy who's going to be on backstage and welcome back the Usos after the drunk driving stuff and yet we're popping guys for cosmetic reasons or um, you know maybe it was weed again yeah no i I think there's a real likelihood it was weed and and especially when you bring up the usos and jeff hardy what are we doing here like what are the rules here yeah i I, it's yeah well they've they've cleaned up and they're back so i guess we're fine Mm. with that i i'm a little you know i i I'd, i'd much rather have the suspensions be announced for them than the under the table, we're going to make you sit out for a while because the heat's too strong type of thing. That, that's the thing about WWE that makes me feel icky, like I need a shower. Uh, Sasha Banks come, came back to SmackDown. Very happy to see that. Thought they may be uh, setting up Bailey and Sasha for Mania, but it looks like they're going to be teaming again. And I think they have fun teaming. It looked like they were having a blast in that tag match, um, which makes me very happy. Yeah, no, I, I like them as a heel tag team. I think it works best as a heel tag team. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's a bit weird still. Um, Bailey still hasn't found her, you know, her her stride. But I think the act she is better, better with though, Sasha. With, she works she works better as hype woman for Sasha. I agree exactly. No, no, I, and, I think that, it works with Sasha much better. Yeah. Uh, the revival in the WWE are going to have a couple of interesting months as a uh, as a tense filled divorce uh, starts. The the revival went to court 
to try and trademark some uh, trademarks. There's <laughs> no other way to put creating Create some trademarks. Uh, well, t- just just for when they leave, which they are going to be doing. Um, obviously, they're. I think WWE is going with the silent treatment versus the humiliation treatment uh, because they're not in that SmackDown chamber match. But, you know, no flips, just fists, uh, top guys, all that. WWE has also now rushed to court to try and trademark the mechanics, no flips, just fists, um, and a couple others. I don't know a lot about trademark law, but I believe it's first in. But I also think in some states, if you're trying to get control of an existing trademark that may have lapsed, there may be some there there may be some states where the courts are more friendly to people who had the trademark prior because they established it and made money off of it. So sure, sure. And what what, what about like a be, fruits of labor sort of argument? Yeah, that's the, and that's what I think they're going to argue, and yeah. especially. Especially because the way that I know WWE words their trademark applications, that that's the other thing is, is they go over these trademark and patent attorneys go over these things, uh, you know, with a fine tooth comb, any kind of, uh, uh, what am I? What, uh, like loopholes? Paperwork. Yeah. Paperwork mistake. And they're going to try and get it thrown out. So you have to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed on those on those uh, applications. Um, yeah, there's a fruits of labor thing. I think I th- WWE also words their thing. It's weird because they're independent of, contractors, but I, yeah, I I can definitely see, but, I can see where they're going to be able to construct an argument. It would just be interesting to they, see how they it holds always up. go with. They go for the more broad than just wrestling. They go for. They 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 like using the sports entertainment lingo here on their on their applications, and there's a lot of well, sports entertainment encompasses wrestling, but it also encompasses other things. Kind of wordplay in front of the court. It's very lawyer like tricks involved in how WWE pursues these things to keep other people from having them. Much like the uh, the Dusty Roads trademark that that's why cody is called cody cody right right yeah um so that that's gonna be interesting to watch it's gonna be interesting to see if they do decide to humiliate them on tv which is still a move they can make but i think they're gonna think that absence makes people forget and i think they're just gonna be hanging out and catering for the next couple months dawson gets out i believe April, like right around, right after they will probably Mania. do solo enhancement matches. They they will probably well, get the split treatment. Well, Dash has Dash had time added on, so he doesn't get out till I think May. Right, right, yeah. So he may so that, definitely that's be doing be that. Something. Yeah. So if you see something on TV and go, huh, that's probably why it's it, it's all about money and making money after they get out of WWE. And how dare how dare people make money after leaving us? We're all they should need. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value 
a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network so where do we want to begin uh in our roam around nxt's plural um, I guess let's talk a little bit about kind of the downward trending numbers uh, in the ratings here. And That's see, right. We could go does that, do, do you feel like that corresponds into the NXT and AEW shows that you saw? Um, Yeah, I thought AEW had a very good show. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm not a... I'm not an NXT homer by any means. I just want to see good shows. And I thought the AEW show and then the the countdown show afterwards, the build of the pay-per-view was fantastic. Well, I'll tell you that that Pac shooting star press through the table in that match against Oof. Omega. Man, great shot, great, great coverage, great looking spot. I, I think the shooting star press is still my favorite top rope move. I know that there are other more fancy moves, and even Pac does the red arrow, which is probably much more tricky to do. But I think they something about the shooting star press, Jeff. I just love it. Oh no, it's I I love I love the move. I I think they got a little story heavy-handed in that I agree. with all the Absolutely. with all the Jacksons getting involved and the Aubrey run in because when Aubrey comes in, Aubrey's so popular it becomes about Aubrey. That remains a um, problem. I, I mean, I even think, you know, like the fact that Jericho's theme song is far and away the most over theme song of any wrestler on the show. They're now singing along the, to it, right. and that's a bad sign it's, for a heel. It's bad for a heel. Like, it's it's not bad in terms of he's really popular. People really like Chris Jericho. Yeah, and he's pretty good, but like 
they, they do the thing that always happens with Chris Jericho, and that he kind of plays into, it's a thing that he does, um, where they like him and they cheer him and they're so entertained by him that they, they don't hate him. And they He's should. Hammed up, he hams up the heel to the point where he becomes a baby. Right face. down to the jumpsuits and stuff, right? Like, you know, having the inner circle come out there in the corresponding jumpsuits was not imposing. It was kind of goofy. It's it's very scene-chewing type of heel work that he does to the point where it becomes campy. Because he did that with the list. Yep, absolutely. The only time the only time he really didn't do that is the... Uh, well, actually, he did do it a little bit when, when he was... Trying to play Anton Chigurh in the in the build to uh, in the build to the the Shawn Michaels match, where where he'd come out and he'd go quiet, quiet, quiet. That that was still hamming it up. So even when he's playing an understated heel, he still hams it up a bit. Um, I enjoyed the way in saying I did immensely. too. I yeah. love I love Gary Michael Capetta. <laughs> Jericho saying the same thing I was thinking when Capetta told him to get on the scale. It's like nope. Challenger always gets on first, Capetta, you dummy. Uh, Capetta kind of played to the back of the room a little because, you know, he's a little off his game. But uh, it's nice to see him back. Yeah, he did a little bit uh, of a, uh, well, I never, after Jericho yeah. called him a small little troll, which, but in the context of a Jericho scene works because everyone's overacting. Yeah. Shivani is always great in everything. The earrings are still ridiculous on a man of that age. but uh, Agreed. I, I still love Tony Schiavone a lot. Are you watching AEW Revolution today? Um, I will watch it at some point here before the next time we tape. Exactly. Um, AEW is at 865. Um, NXT 717 this week. This is bad. AEW's, AEW's bleeding viewers slowly but surely, which is odd. Um, it doesn't seem to track fully with the show because I thought like you know you open up with a, a good, well worked gauntlet match. I, I agree with you a little overbooked, but like action. Um, I even thought the you know the talking segments were good this week. They were strong. I liked uh, the segment with the Bucks and Omega and Adam Page. Yes, I thought they did. That was really they good. did it. Yes, particularly the Adam Page characterization. I, I think the Bucks hot dogging a little bit and making Paige feel small to help explain why he's drinking and, and the idea that like he's feeling over pressure because this tag team title belt is the biggest belt that he's ever held. Uh, like I thought they, that was, they did a good job with that. They really did. That was improvised too. Really? One take. Wow. That, that yeah. was great. That was, that was absolutely I think great. it was one take. I think it was one take, but I know it was improvised. I mean, I think they all had the bullet points they're going to go to, but from what I heard, it was kind of, they sat down and they just rolled the camera type of thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with that. I'm impressed with the commitment to character. Um, that's called being in your character then. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's called knowing w- what's your character's motivation and also credit to AEW for, especially like this storyline, really coherent, you know, like they, this, this particular universe is, makes sense. You, you, the Adam Page storyline is one that I can follow. Here's my question for the week on AEW. Because the story came out this week that the big Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder boxing match was expected to get 1 million buys and it only got 800,000. And a lot of people think the reason for that was because of streaming and pirating that a lot of people watched the fight that didn't pay for it. So it ended up costing everybody millions of dollars. We have 865,000 viewers a week for AEW. We have a pay-per-view that cost $50. Woo. Does AEW 
Does AEW break 100,000? Boy, it's a, this is a particularly tough weekend for late buys given what the market's doing this week. Um, and $50 is steep anyways. Ah, uh, 100,000 might be right around what they're expecting. I think it's going to be slightly above 100,000, but I don't think it's going to be a big number. And that's a shame because this card and the build were great. I just think a lot of people in their fandom are going to find other ways to watch. I mean, also, like, here's another thing, not just like the market, which is more macro, but like, this is rent weekend, you know, um, that extra $50 it's end of the month. It's the end of yeah. the month. This is rent weekend. True, but their market seems to be young people with either a lot of credit card debt or a lot of disposable income. Okay, so I, I guess you could always hope for people with poor financial planning to buy a pay-per-view. Yes, yes. But, you can always but rely I am on the youth. saying that people will be, at least be calibrating those poor financial decisions through the matrix of, I need to pay my rent and my other associated bills. <laughs> We need to cancel wrestling-related credit card debt. Everybody. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now, people. That's what that's what you really want. I know what you really want out of your politics. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch live. I'm going to be on Fightful after the show, so I, I actually have to purchase it. I'm going to write it off, I think, um, even though I don't make enough money in wrestling to be able to do that. I may just write off as a business expense. Uh, don't don't audit me. I've already been audited twice. I don't. This is a private podcast. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. Yeah, well, you never know. There might some IRS agents listening. On, oh, Hawkins, let's take a look here. I, I just said this is a private podcast. It's fine. <laughs> uh, NXT was good. I thought um, it wasn't great. Yeah, I, I mean, they're still kind of drifting it lazy river still it's very lazy river it's very it's almost like slacker the the link ladder movie where it's like we followed this guy all the way and then another guy comes into the scene and we're gonna follow him for a while because and then they run in it's just like to me dijakovic and damian priest feels like a retread i agree we, we've seen that match um, and I mean, I think the intrigue here is going to be Damian Priest appears to be aligning himself with Cameron Grimes, which should make for a good tag team in the future. But, you know, Dijakovic versus Damian Priest, not super excited about that. I think the only, the only thing that could make that kind of interesting is so you bring in the Keith Lee thing, you have Keith Lee and Dijakovic go up against Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes and then they lose. Yeah, and maybe that sets do. up Damian Priest for a title match against Keith Lee. We got our question answered about Austin Theory. He's a guy, just not yet. They did they did the Montez Ford thing with with Seth. That's well, he lost, but man, he really shows that he's the future. Blah 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 blah. I'm just like, well, okay. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just having exactly. a, I'm a, having a hard time envisioning. NXT champion Austin Theory right now when you look at the people who have historically been NXT champion material. I would have, God, I, watching him and Evolve, the bit that I did, I I just think you introduce him as a big effing deal. I, I, don't, I don't understand this at all, to be honest with you. I, I think you bring him in almost with the MVP character. Hottest free agent in wrestling. This is who Robert Stone should be representing. 
Yeah, I agree. I think this is this is prime for a guy like Malcolm Bivens, who is still doing fantastic work on social media and get nothing on TV or Robert Stone. I, I think, yeah, he's a guy who needs an agent, a mouthpiece to go with him to kind of play off of because he can he can talk. It's just that that kind of act needs the back and forth, I think. Um, it doesn't need to be losing to Tommaso Ciampa. That's well. See, they they think by losing to a big guy that he becomes bigger, and that's yeah, just not that's true. their theory. Yeah, that's their theory. That's their that's Austin the theory, theory. You might say. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm fin- I'm trying to erase it. <laughs> Here's where the second at no. Um, Finn Balor and Walter. I'm all about it. I'm just not all about Finn now. Apparently is lone wolf baby, baby face? face right <laughs> what as we both as we both go with the uptick yeah no I, I, it's no because it's like he's super gray finn balor guy I, I i get the theory of the case being okay he has more interesting matches when he wrestles as a heel um yet people want to cheer this guy because the demon character is classic babyface material see our earlier discussion about the fiend so, Gray, Finn Balor, best of both worlds, yeah? And I go, no. I go, no. Yeah, it's mixed messages. It's, it's, I, I'm all about the match. Don't get me wrong, kids. No, it should be I'm a very good match. all about this match. It also spices up NXT UK a little bit, too. That first time Walter hollows out Finn Balor's chest with a chop, I'm going to be pacing. I'm going to be pumping my fist. I'm going to be going, hell yeah. And and when the handprint shows up as a scar, I mean, you got Finn Balor's chest is going to look like hamburger by the end of this match. And I'm all for it. I'm all about it. And I'm all about the build to beating every member of Imperium on his way to doing it. I'm just not about this Finn Balor character. All of a sudden, he, he, he was the main heel on the damn takeover card the week prior. Right. And now all you of a do sudden, this like double turn with Johnny and Finn, except. But they didn't do the turns at all, right. really. They just right. kind of. It wasn't a double turn. They've both turned and their match was something. the inflection point. But they both reappeared. Right. That's they reappeared they as wild heel and wild baby face. Grizzled young veterans and the forgotten sons. I really enjoyed this, Chris. Really? I know the, the, okay. the Forgotten All Sons. Right. Interesting. Much, much like the Dusty Classic, there are times where they know how to use the Forgotten Sons, and this was one of them. I thought Riker going after just being the occasional bully in there made this match entertaining as hell. I, I think they need to give the Forgotten Sons a couple wins going into this. But I love this match a bit, and I love the grizzled young veterans. I love that Zach Gibson is going to come out and just trash these Full Sail fans every week, and he's going to get heat for it, and it's going to finally get get these people to wake up in there after having weeks of great wrestling. I'm I'm for this. I am all for this. I think the Forgotten Sons can work as baby faces. I like that Cutler has cut his hair off. I think they should have made mention of that because he did the same thing as our friend Sean Ross Sapp did. He did for Locks of Love. He did for a charitable cause. Oh, that's cause. wonderful. They should have played that up. They should have had that all over commentary because what you're thinking now is, oh, they're just these geek heels who are, you know, fighting for America <laughs> as opposed to being actual nice guys. And that's what I 
that's what they need. They need a little bit of that second step character development here. But uh, no, I, I, I probably enjoyed the match a little bit more than you did. But I, I it. just think Wesley Blake is sloppy. Uh, there were several points. And, and this was a week where I was watching NXT as I was editing um, the All in the Family podcast. New episodes available now, by the way. Let me get that plug in. Um, I was editing episodes um, and I was watching, but I kept like looking up and like, Wesley Blake misses a Hurricane Rana. Wesley Blake goes for a suplex, and it looks like kind of not great. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna try to slide. I still, I yeah. still have Wesley Blake associated with Buddy Murphy. Right, and, and, well, and, now, and, and now there's a like. Then I actually mentally went to during that match. Boy, Buddy Murphy and Wesley Blake, you really can't compare those two, can you? <laughs> Buddy Murphy and Duddy Murphy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think Wesley Blake has certain fire, but he, he's it's one of those spastic type of things where you don't buy it necessarily. It looks like he's acting. Um, it's not intense enough for me to like it. It's more clownish than anything. It's more of an acting thing with with uh, with Wesley Blake with me. Or not Wesley Blake. Yeah, there is yeah, a way Wesley that Blake. he sells too. Where it's yeah, there's yeah. like it, a rubber band thing. There's like a rubber quality to yes, his like go. bumping no, and doing his moves and stuff that doesn't. It lacks a certain crispness that I associate with upper level talents. Uh, the women's match between Bianca Bella and Charlotte. Uh, I was disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree. Really I completely was. agree. I let's put it this way. I liked it better than that trash that was on AEW. I hated that women's match on AEW this week. Yeah, no, I that women's yeah that women's match on AEW. Not not only because it made no sense from a booking perspective to put Big Swole in in an angle with your women's champion and your number one contender and then beat her the next week. It was it, the 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 genie in a bottle character. I forgot her name. She's the magic yes. girl, Jeff. She's a magic. She's a pixie fairy. Inside yeah. of her. There is a bigger thing, uh, uh, like clowny, a, a giant monster by thing. Half. No, I, I, I know by half. I just, I just could not get into that match at all with her doing community theater reactions and and playing in the back of the room. It was just bad. But this one, <laughs> all I can he- think of in this one was number one. I wanted more whipping of the braid from Bianca, and then the end of this match where referee God, they, they mic this thing to the point where you can hear everybody just having their discussions. You, got, you have one minute. And so they're just rushing everything, including the natural selection for the pin. They don't get to the pilmanize the, 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 the leg thing because it goes off screen and then Rhea has to come out and pose. And I know that the voices guys went over this, but I'm going to reiterate it you're coming down for a save and you're doing your stupid poses. Come on. I'm just sick of the foot stomp as a gimmick because that was the second time in the show that we saw it. You remember the earlier time in the show we saw it? Bronson Reed does it. Like the WWE loves to do this. They, they do this with Rhea Ripley. They do this with Bronson Reed as he's coming down the ring. They do kind of a variant of that with Dave Mastiff as he's coming down the ring where the yeah. camera has to jiggle. Um, like they just really love this idea. Like the foot shakes the earth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I just, I was just like, God, can we, can we at least, and, and this is, this goes into the suspension of reality thing. It was my problem with the AEW women's match. It was my problem with this. It's like, look, if you're going down there to fight Charlotte, 
Now's not the time to do your sports entertainment poses. Yeah, I just want animus. I want Bianca yes. to just not like Charlotte because she's been hearing great things about Charlotte for all these years, but she thinks that she's the it girl and she's always been like the top prospect everywhere she's ever been and she just hates the hell out of Charlotte. And I think Rhea Ripley should also similarly hate the hell out of Charlotte for similar reasons, really. And she should hate the hell out of Bianca too. I, I'm, yeah, I agree. I'm not for this. I'm not for this. We go to the same high school, so we like each other stuff. Do something to make it make sense where Rhea goes, okay, get Bianca out of the ring and I'll come in there and fight you or whatever. But she should really have no, I mean, I, I know good guys, unless you're going to turn Bianca here, which is an interesting choice, but you don't have any real big heels other than EO and EO. Oh, it's Charlotte. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Charlotte's not on the NXT roster. I'm thinking the NXT roster because Shayna's gone. You kind of have Chelsea Green, but she's a goof right now. Um, you have uh, Dakota Kai, but she's mixed up with um, Tegan. Mia may or may not be a heel. It's kind of weird, but she just got beat up by Reina Gonzalez or Raquel Gonzalez. I'm sorry. Right. I, yeah, I think we're building to like Mia Yim and Tegan Knox. Yeah, versus tagging. yeah tagging against dakota kai against and reina yeah team kick or <laughs> t- yeah team whatever team kai uh so yeah i i'm, I'm kind of it, it'd be weird to make bianca a baby face but there's no way to there's no real good way to do that when you have two heels in the ring beating each other up and then you have Rhea coming out know what i'm saying no i i completely agree it, it it's it's tough. I, I mean, I, unless you're going to do brand loyalty thing. And I just, I'm, I mean, we've been doing that for the last three months with NXT and I'm, I'm sick of it. Or, I mean, at this point, if it's Rhea and Bianca, they're essentially one in one a of the division. It can just be kind of like a mutual respect, kind of like a Keith Lee, Dijakovic thing. Yeah. You can't have Rhea run in and then stomp on Bianca after beating up. Charlotte That's Keith the thing. You have, you have to decide <laughs> which way we're going with this. Yeah. It's having Bianca here has made it a mess. It has made it an absolute mess. And it's really unfortunate. She needs, she needs to be pushed to the moon. Um, I believe she just turned 30 or she's very close to it. Uh, We need to see what she has. And it's, it's, it's a wait your turn thing. And by the time they get her to wait her turn, it may be over. I, I I'm, I'm really frustrated by this. I really am. And it's not that I don't like Rhea. Because Rhea's great. It's just one of those things where it's like they need to plan this a little better. Yeah, it feels like Bianca and Rhea just need to have a good classic feud at this point. Mm-hmm. A good classic series of three matches, maybe even trade the title at some point during that feud. and Yeah, something. Something to really Speaking kind of put, you know, carry them through 2020. Speaking of things that could get messy quick and could end up with a lot of injuries, NXT TakeOver Tampa. First match announced. Number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship because the NXT Women's Championship is being defended on Mania. So we need a women's match on here to really to to get to to replace it. So we're going to have a number one contenders match. That is a ladder match with six competitors. (laughs) You said messy. I was thinking kennel from hell, but this sounds equally as dicey in different ways. I'm uh, I'm expecting (laughs) I'm expecting someone may 
get hurt here. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, remember EO versus Mia, that ladder match. Right. No, I mean, it's, games? you plan out these spots and, and you hope that everybody is going to be where they need to be, but the right. ladders can crumple the wrong way and not go with your plans. That, that seems to actually be a big problem in WWE land is they have this kind of recurring issue of things folding or bending or not quite breaking the way that you would anticipate them breaking. And when it doesn't break or fold or bend the right way, that actually can lead to people getting really hurt. Apparently I have a lunch reservation somewhere because they're telling me they'll text me when my table's ready. I'm like, I'm, I'm at home, people. Um. <laughs> I will I will re-raise you real quickly since we got derailed slightly. I actually got um, uh, some Bloomberg staffer actually tried to sign me up to canvas for Bloomberg, and I had to tell them the other day, no, sir, no, sir, I, I'm not the one. I, uh... Yeah, I, I'd take the money. <laughs> no, this is a volunteer thing. They, they errantly thought I was volunteering. Who am I? Chatsworth Street. Where? Yeah, so where are you going? So what, what are we having for lunch? I'm supposedly at Joe's Cafe, and I'm 12th in line. Cool, cool. And uh, what? What do you think about uh, having at Joe's? Like, what? What? What kind of food do they serve at Joe's? Do you? You go. This is a this is a diner breakfast type place. Okay, cool. So like maybe a little bit of huevos rancheros, something like that. Why? You know, little little waffles, little French toast, yeah, little Monte Cristo. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a Monte Cristo. Oh, those are fun. That, that is like the perfect brunch item. You, you do that. Eggs Benedict. Yeah, I'm a big right. Fan you of. do that and you get some sort of egg thing. People are always like, I don't understand the Monte Cristo sandwich, but the Monte Cristo is easy. It's a brunch item and you get like hash browns and some eggs or something. And then you're having the Monte Cristo and it's like, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. So there, there you go. I, That's how you I do it, guys. Should I? cancel their waitlist status i don't know i mean we're we're, <laughs> we're like how much more do we have to cover you could still probably make this res i don't i don't have a party of three either so well I, I mean you know make some friends i i, I we can wrap this thing <laughs> up but get you get you a reservation you know, all right get some friends. Let, let's 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 pick the six Let, let's see if we can we can forecast the six i think you're gonna have mia i think you have tegan i think you're gonna have dakota i think you're gonna have bianca belair think you might have Raquel Gonzalez in there or I don't know maybe not as an official member of the match but maybe not I think no that actually might have... make some sense because maybe it will, we'll get to who's coming out of this oh I'm trying to pick between Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro I'm thinking so they will probably put Lacey Lane in um or and then wh- whatever Chelsea her Green. name is yeah yeah it may be Chelsea Green yeah something like that so Deanna not on there so that uh it's not necessarily surprising given how they've been handling Deanna over the last couple of months here. <laughs> They're not going to make Tanara Conti jump from the top of a ladder? I don't know that Tanara Conti <laughs> is rushing to get out there. I don't know that she's fooling the love or feeling the loyalty hey, from remember, the company. Remember that, co- remember that contract walkout you did? Well, here's, here's, here's the payback. You need to go up on that ladder, jump out to the outside of the ring, and Bianca will catch you. <laughs> Um, I, I think Bianca could do some spectacular things in this match. I just, it's, <laughs> whew, um, it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. So, uh, we'll finish up with NXT UK. Uh, the hunt valiantly fought, uh, the grizzled young veterans here. I liked this match. This, this, was, this was the match that I was up on. Oh, uh, this, this is the tag match. I was very up on. I, I thought that this was good. I thought this was well worked. Um, I like that the hunt had plenty of time here. They got plenty of offense in on the grizzled young veteran. I, I liked the kind of 
panicked ticket to mayhem that they had to hit on the primate there to kind of close things out. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if it went too long. It it felt like it might have, but uh, it was right on the edge of going too long. And this is what I was talking about. Like, if you wanted to get it to this length, this is why I think it was important to have like a no finish the first week. Have the grizzle young veterans powder, or like you know, let the let the hunt win by disqualification because the grizzle young veterans are actually scared of the hunt. Um, and yeah. then you can justify this longer match. I, I think that to your point. It didn't feel like the hunt were built up enough as a credible threat to justify a right. ten minute match against the Grizzly Young veterans. Yeah, and that 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 for me was was it they they didn't get enough offense in there. It seemed like they they'd get cut off for minutes and minutes on end. They get a small comeback and then minutes and minutes on end more of the heat. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, the the hunt needed to kind of be repackaged slightly as a little more vicious to give the Grizzly Young veterans a bit much. Uh, Jack stars who always comes out for a beating. We know it's beating time and this time it's Cassius Ono. Um, still, still in NXT UK getting over that Cassius clutch, which I like. Yeah, I like this match. It was fine. No, it was fine. No, no. I, I mean, and, 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 and we need seems- to get over. It serves a grander narrative and, and lets us know what Cassius Ono's new finisher is. That and also Jack Stars is slowly working his way to being more and more competent. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have. No, I, I, yeah, he, he's that's true too. Like uh, in narrative arc as well. Like they, they, yeah, they're I, making. Well, that's him, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, meant. I agree. In narrative arc. Yeah. they're starting to give him a lot more. He's starting to be a lot more competitive. I don't know if he's ever gonna. They're ever gonna pull that trigger. But if that's the story they're telling, it's kind of cool. It's uh, it's the Sid Scala storyline that we thought we were getting before Sid Scala got kind of reorganized and moved into the assistant of the general manager so that Johnny Saint doesn't have to speak. A-Kid and Brian Kendrick I thought was hot fire. I, 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 I really enjoyed this match. He needs to be made a little more sinister, a little more menacing. Um, really torment these younger kids. Yeah, this needed to be the second or third match. After a kid lost to Tyler Bate, I think you needed just one squash to to really do that. Second match, he does a little bit more competitive. Brian Kendrick comes out, goes, "Hey kid, I'm the gatekeeper now of NXT UK, whatever." Blah blah blah. Third match, a kid comes out, has a competitive match with Brian Kendrick. Yeah, and even go back into the whole Brian Kendrick knows all the tricks and wants to teach him a lesson thing that he was doing with Tazawa. Like that seems like fertile ground for this iteration of Brian Kendrick to do. But I, I liked right. it. I, I mean, Kendrick is a still a good high flying wrestler. Works great as the heel high flyer because he can he can follow as the babyface leads in all of those spots, and he knows where to go. Um, and it allows the babyface to really kind of showcase their best moves. Old school Jeff is about to come out on this I Quit match. I liked the match. I hated the booking. I I just think in an I Quit match, it should be one on one. I don't think you should have friends coming out there telling you to quit. I don't think I don't think Johnny Saint and and Sid Scala should come out there after booking this match. They're the, they're the ones who wrote up the and they're like, you know how this dangerous match. this could be, right? You know how dangerous this is. Well, we didn't know how dangerous it was. We're going to run down there and try and stop this. Whoa, whoa, I believe, uh, I believe we have a little bit of a liability issue here. You, Tony, you just got to quit this match. It's so uh, weird. Yeah, I mean, th- this should be. I mean, Kaylee Ray 
perfectly vicious in this match, which I love. No, she she played her part right, and her part made sense. She wants to torment Tony Storm. Yeah, it's just Tony Storm now is going to blame Piper Niven, and that's how we're going to get to this. And I just... It's one of those things where I think Piper Niven should have said, nope, she's on her own on this and walked away or not even bring her out. Cause it's just one of those things where it's like, this is a, I quit. Match. Or she this should have been out those- there just cheering her on to the, like the bloody end, actually begging Tony not to quit and like really trying yeah. to motivate her to victory. Because when Tony turns on her, it needs to be completely unwarranted. And in this case, it- Having everybody come out and asking you to lose or, you know, kind of wishing you would lose, which is when you're saying, hey, quit the match. Quit the match for your own health is still lose the match. Right. Don't be brave. Don't try and gut this through. You're not good enough to brave your way through this. You're not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Don't follow your dreams. You're going to fall short. You're nowhere near talented enough to do what you're trying to do right now. She's too tough for you. She got the drop on you. Do the most humiliating thing in wrestling canon and quit because that's that was how these matches were always built up was I'm going to do something that's even worse than taking your title away or getting I'm a pinfall, take- like getting your shoulders down for three seconds yes. can be, you know, kind of inadvertent submitting somebody, especially in the old, you know, like in the 90s before tap out was a thing coming in from MMA. You actually said, I give up um, or yes, something to you, those you effects. To- yeah. You have to make yourself lesser to the other person by saying Your the words, spirit is I broken. quit. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's the thing that wasn't brought across here. It was vicious, but it was like everybody going, no, no, no. This will be the smart thing to do. This is, and, and when the quit. baby faces come out and say quit, it, it's actually subverting the grand meaning of the I quit match, too. I'm glad they didn't throw in the towel. I'm glad. Yes. That's, a, that's yes, the one the only saving good thing grace there. of this. Yeah. But someone yeah, else I, quits I, for you. I watched this and I felt cold about it. Cause I was just like, why are Scala and Johnny Saint coming out there when they're the ones responsible for this? They should, they, <laughs> they should be like, I mean, look, if they're going to come out, they should just wave off the match. Yeah, no, I was rolling my eyes watching it. Like I, I was not as angry as I am right now recounting it because it, the more I think about it, the dumber it is. But yeah. When I watched it, I'm like, wait, why is this happening? Just let them work. Let them. And Kaylee Ray is so perfect to be the sadistic person who breaks you down. Yeah, I, it's they've announced uh, TakeOver Dublin. I assume. You know what? We might get. Uh, you get Balor and Devlin. Walter there. Or Balor Devlin. That'd be nice, too. But I assume Devlin's headline in this thing. Just don't know if it's going to be as. 205 champ (laughs) no i I mean i think there's any number of options here i think you could have that takeover could have uh walter and finn balor that crowd would be very very hot for finn balor but uh devlin similarly i think the crowd be very very hot for him and i'd book him as a baby face going into that event against balor against walter against somebody okay cool well we'd like to thank our sponsors zip recruiter and roman Remember, on both, you can use the code VOW to get your discounts. Uh, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. 
Chris, tell them uh, what you got this week. Other shows, Don't Worry About the Government, you can find that at Don'tWorry.tv and on iTunes and Stitcher. My other other show has new episodes out. It's called The All in the Family Podcast. You can find us on Patreon. Search for The All in the Family Podcast. Or you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Go and check that out.